in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. The last step of the regular session is over. There are new bills going into law in Texas. Good morning, I'm Erica Brennis. And I'm Tom Miller. Governor Greg Abbott had until midnight this morning to sign or veto bills. He ended up breaking his own veto record. Governor signing about 1,100 bills, vetoing 76. His previous veto high was 58 in 2019. Many of these bills signed into law go into effect in September. So looking at some of the more noteworthy bills he signed into session, one requires college athletes to compete on teams that correspond with their sex assigned at birth. Another allows new moms in Texas to qualify for a year of Medicaid coverage. And there are several new laws addressing the fentanyl crisis. That includes one that increases criminal penalties for people who distribute and manufacture fentanyl. It is hot this morning, an excessive heat warning going on until at least tomorrow. Oof, so let's check in with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning. Yeah, we begin with a live look outside. This is our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there, showing a little bit of a breeze this morning. But man, I'll tell you, temperature is still dominating the headlines. We are in the 70s and 80s right now. 80 degrees in Austin, 79 in Bastrop. Same thing in Cameron and Rockdale with temperatures in the mid 70s to low 80s, even out in the hill country. As far as the heat index goes, again, this is what it feels like walking outside at this moment. 90 degrees in Burnett, 87 in Georgetown feels like 85 degrees at 4.30 in the morning uh, here in Austin. Everybody seeing those current heat indices about 5 to 6 degrees warmer than the current temperatures. The hike and bike forecast does show we're getting back into the low 100s today. In fact, that 105 likely to tie the record, but the feels like temperatures continue to be a problem too. Between about 110 and 120 degrees this afternoon. That's why we have that excessive heat warning, not only for the potential heat indices, but also just the actual air temperatures hot enough to trigger the warning. And this is in effect for everybody. Now, I'll tell you what, the heat continues to be the story, but there's still going to be a few storms out there. So we'll talk a little bit more about who's favored for some of those storms and where we could potentially see some strong storms. That's coming up here shortly, but just a few heat safety reminders. Cooling centers will be open again today until 8 in the evening. Now, because of today's holiday, Juneteenth, only some cooling centers will be open, and that includes includes libraries and rec centers. You can find a location near you at kicksigan.com. Also wanted to show you this. Thousands of people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, still without power this morning. Severe weather brought down 250 power lines and trees over the weekend. This is the damage people there are trying to clean up from. This all happened Saturday night due to those severe storms. National Weather Service did confirm an EF1 tornado touched down, and at one point more than 200,000 people were without power. Much of that caused by straight line winds. Crews have been working to clear main streets and assess storm damage in the neighborhood, going neighborhood by neighborhood after those severe storms. Again, quite a bit of damage to our neighbors up north. Thank you, Kristen. It was a deadly weekend across the U.S. Three separate mass shootings, leaving four dead and at least two dozen injured. In Washington state, two people died. Three others were hurt after authorities say someone opened fire on campgrounds on Saturday. Officers say the shooter fired randomly into a crowd. They did arrest that person. Officers still trying to figure out what led up to that shooting. Meanwhile, in Illinois, one person died and at least 22 others were hurt on Saturday after a shooting at a Juneteenth celebration. 
Police say an unknown number of suspects fired into the crowd. Then in Missouri, one person died, nine others hurt after a shooting inside an office building. All of those victims range in age from 15 to 19 years old. A person of interest is in custody there. President Biden diving into the race for the White House today, heading west after his first campaign event since he announced that he's running for president over the weekend in Philadelphia. The president focused on the economy and touted his accomplishments. As NBC's Bree Jackson reports, it came as potential Republican rivals were forced to address the legal problems of former President Trump. President Biden once again taking his campaign message on the road this week after holding his first major political rally in Pennsylvania Saturday. We've created 13 million new jobs since I became president. That's more jobs in a little over two years than any president created in one four-year term. As the president promoted his economic message, his Republican rivals took aim at him and his predecessor, former President Trump. Donald Trump's position uh, on the national debt is identical to Joe Biden's. Trump is the early frontrunner for the GOP nomination, despite his legal troubles, including a federal indictment against him. This guy is the worst manager in the history of the American presidency. I think that he should drop out. Clearly, he's not going to. This is going to be decided by the voters. With a crowded field for voters to choose from, other conservative candidates are seeking to separate themselves from the pack. We've developed a culture of losing in this party where we've had three successive elections with substandard results. We're not talking about red or blue, black and white. We're talking about the future, not the past. I provide the necessary incentive to bring people to the table so that we get the job done. Presidential candidates hitting the campaign trail with the same goal in mind, convincing voters they're the best pick for the job. And today, President Biden will hold a number of campaign events in California and deliver remarks on his administration's efforts to combat climate change. In Washington, Bree Jackson, NBC News. As 900 Austin nurses are planning a one-day strike later this month, why the union representing them says some are too afraid to speak out. And an in-depth look at the State Highway 45 plan as the proposed highway project is causing some headaches for drivers and county leaders. Good morning and happy Monday. It's 439. Hope your day is off to a good start. This is a live look at I-35 in Round Rock where things are quiet. Those are the sounds of the Nick Davis Quartet. The group along with Anastasia Hara we're part of a concert over the weekend. It's put on by the Austin Federation of Musicians in honor of Juneteenth. There are other events today, including the Juneteenth Freedom Summit at Bass Concert Hall. And if you need to pay any bills or anything else at the city office that's going to be a little more difficult, make sure it's open in advance. Many Austin offices are closed in observance of Juneteenth, and they're going to reopen tomorrow. The union representing hundreds of registered nurses at Ascension Seton Medical Center, Austin, says the hospital is intimidating nurses to keep them from speaking out. 900 Austin nurses are planning a one-day strike later this month. On Friday, Ascension said that nurses who choose to strike on June 27th won't be allowed back to work until July 1st. 
Hospital says the staffing agency is working with a fill in the gap for the 26th group and that requires a commitment of four days. The union maintains that poor staffing has drastically affected nurses' ability to give patients the care that they need. That is something that the hospital denies. How a new Texas law is going to keep animal advocacy groups from facing animal abandonment charges and why some people have concerns. The National High School Barbecue Championship taking Central Texas by storm where you can watch teams from around the country cooking to prove who has the best barbecue. Good morning, a live look outside up in Round Rock. Traffic flowing right now as we're up dark and early to kick off your Monday morning. I want to tell you about some animal shelters and organizations statewide. They now have legal protections for their trap neuter return programs. The governor signed the bill into law this month. This practice is used to limit breeding among stray and feral cat populations. But not everyone is on board with the new law. The American Bird Conservancy believes the law will lead to more animal dumpings. It's also a serious risk for public health and causes tremendous nuisances for the neighborhoods where feral cats continue to be abandoned by these programs. Locally, shelters like the Austin Humane Society have championed the new law as a step toward addressing animal overpopulation. We have folks coming from all over Texas. I had people drive three hours this morning to bring cats here um, because they don't want to see these cats suffer. Pre previously, people who participated in trap, neuter, return programs in areas without legal protection, they could be charged with a misdemeanor offense of animal abandonment. As we brace for more 100 degree days, it's important to remember your pets need some sun protection just as much as you do. Don't forget, give them water, lots of water. If you take your dog out for a walk, make sure the concrete isn't too hot for their paws. Some basic tips here. Several shelter dogs also need some help from the heat, so you can help out. Austin Pets Alive is asking volunteers to foster some of their puppies. It says that way they can enjoy the comfort of air conditioning out of the shelter. You can sign up to foster dogs for a few days, couple weeks, or until they get adopted. APA says don't forget about the cats either. They say that since they're independent, they can get overlooked at times. Some things you can do include grooming and brushing daily as excess fur can be hot. Invest in those cooling pads. You can put out water bowls and make sure to refill them consistently. Also make sure they have some shade to hang out in. I like the um, the pools also, the kitty mm. pools, mm -hmm. doggy pools. Yeah. Dog pool, doggy pools. You gotta do what you can, it's just yeah. too hot out yeah. there. It is way too hot. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast because unfortunately, I don't have good news when it comes to these numbers. We begin with a look at your clouds and radar. Not showing a whole lot this morning, but that's probably going to change as we get into the later part of today. We've seen a few storms kind of sneak up on us in the afternoon and evening. I think today is going to be another one of those days, but we start our Monday currently sitting at 80 degrees. Winds are light, less than 5 miles per hour. We're still fighting humidity here. High humidity levels continue all day long. Your temperatures, like I said, in the upper 70s to low 80s, much, much closer to record than we are normal. We should be waking up to a low of about 74 in Austin. We won't get down to 74 this morning. No way. We're going to stay in those upper 70s to low 80s, and we are on our way to another afternoon of triple digits. Forecast high 105.
feels like temperatures closer to 115. I mean, this is brutal. We've got our friends at the National Weather Service. They're in charge of record keeping. They're using words like unprecedented in their discussion. I mean, this is not normal for this early in the summer. The fact that we're talking feels like temperatures anywhere from 103 up to about 120. That's why this excessive heat warning is triggered, not only because it's the humidity bringing up those temperatures, just baseline temperatures are hot enough to keep these heat warnings going. So. This is going to continue not only today, but tomorrow as well. Not expected to expire until Tuesday at 9 p.m. for now. Would not be surprised if they continue to extend these heat alerts through middle of this week. Briefly talking you through the severe storm risk for today. It's a one out of five risk for the Hill Country and I-35 corridor. Basically, we're going to be looking at a few isolated storms creeping in late day. It's very similar to the pattern we saw yesterday and the day before. Most areas stay dry but those storms that do develop have the potential for large hail. That will be the primary concern with any storms today favored for the Hill Country and maybe the I-35. I think areas west of 35 will have a better chance of seeing that 20% today. Tying the record high of 105 today. We'll do it again tomorrow at 106. First official day of summer comes Wednesday. A few more spotty storms Thursday. The triple digit heat will take us all the way into this coming weekend. Thanks, Kristen. There is a new highway project in Hayes County that is not going over very well with leaders in Travis County. Hayes County and the city of Buda just hosted the first open house on the upcoming SH-45 gap study. So I looked at the project that's pitting county leaders against one another. Thursday night, dozens came to Sunfield Station in Buda to check out for themselves what the new SH-45 Gap project would look like. The SH-45 Gap would connect SH-45 Southeast to SH-45 Southwest, then making it easier to access South Mopac from Hayes County. Hayes County commissioners are moving forward on the study for the project, despite the fact that Travis County commissioners don't want them to. They are planning to connect I-35 with South Mopac which would create South Mopac as a bypass for I-35. Shea is concerned not just about the SH-45 gap, but CTRMA's plan to add up to two toll lanes on South Mopac from Cesar Chavez to Slaughter Lane. She says CTRMA isn't considering the impact the SH-45 gap project would have on South Mopac. If you're not even going to look at, you know, making South Mopac a bypass for I-35, and that's the strange situation we find ourselves in because of, frankly, very poor transportation planning. Some living in Buda are less worried about that and more worried about what this construction could mean for their community. I can understand the need for connecting each end of 45. That makes sense. Uh, my concern about, about it is what else gets, gets built uh, along the side of the road. Hayes County expects their study to take one to two years, and they're taking public comment through June 30th. Erica Brennis, KXAN News. Hey everyone, Wizzy Brown here is joining me with Texas A&M, and we're talking about tarantulas and their migration that's already underway. Thank you so much for being here. Sure, happy to help. So tell me a little bit about it. When's a typical time of year where, where they migrate? Um, as far as when they start, they usually start in spring. And depending on our weather conditions, it can go through summer, sometimes into fall, depending on rain and things like that. So they kind of follow the same pathways. And it's not 
a true migration, depending on how you're looking at the definition, usually when people say that they're migrating or animals are migrating, they are moving in large numbers to a new area for living. So they're changing up their habitat. And this is more of the males moving in large numbers to find females for mating purposes. Now, what is it about the summer months that we typically see this occurring? Is it just the heat that they love? Do they travel more so in the daytime or nighttime? Tarantulas are going to be nocturnal, so they're typically going to be traveling around at night. Usually when people are seeing these large numbers of them crossing roads and things like that, it's usually in the evening where they're kind of starting to emerge out. It's cooling off a little bit. It's getting to that time of day where they'll emerge out of their burrows that they normally hide in during the daytime hours. And what region of Texas is this most common? We actually have 15 species of tarantulas in Texas, and they all pretty much look the same. So they're the largest spiders that we have in Texas. They're usually some shade of a brown. It could be anywhere from a light brown to a dark brown color, and they're going to be very hairy. So someone like myself who's a little scared of spiders, are they poisonous? Should people avoid kind of getting anywhere near them if they see one? Well, they are, there's a difference between poisonous and venomous. So tarantulas would be venomous, but they're not, their venom doesn't react with our body chemistry. If they bite you, it's going to probably hurt because they do have large fangs, but the venom isn't going to react with our body chemistry in a bad way. They're actually beneficial because they can help to manage any insects that we have in our landscape. So if you have tarantulas, I recommend that people just kind of leave them alone. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. This is really sure. cool. Thank you. Have a great thank day. You. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. U.S. Open came down to finally what we know of a U.S. Open, a survival test. Final round at the L.A. Country Club, and uh, you see the sun's out, conditions got tougher, and birdies were hard to come by. Upper left, Rory McIlroy could not get it to go. Wyndham Clark could, and Clark, the 29-year-old, with one win to his credit, takes a one-shot lead, and then, as I said, it was all about survival. He still has a one-shot lead at 17, missed the green, but a great chip right there, taps in, so a one-shot lead over McIlroy going to 18. He hit a putt from 60 feet, a foot away, and there it is. Wyndham Clark outduels McElroy, Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Cam Smith. His second tour win is a major championship, final major next month in England, the Open Championship. All right, Father's Day always means a full day of baseball, and it was, well, a wild one with the Rangers. They were down 6 to nothing to the Jays, and then Jonah Heim ties it up, and that young fan... He's having himself a Father's Day with the catch on the fly. And Leota Tavares, he had a big game, including that home run. Rangers come all the way back to win it, and their lead in the AL West is four and a half games over the Angels. Astros yesterday in a bit of a wild one against the Reds. They were down 6-5. They led it 5-2. The base hit right there ties it up, but well, the Astros have a chance to win it in the bottom of the ninth. With runners on, or bases loaded rather, and one out, but Corey Jokes grounds into the double play, so they play on. And the Cincinnati Reds with three runs in the top of the 10th. Ely De La Cruz, the base hit right here. Astros fall 
and they now are five and a half games out. College World Series, first elimination game of the CWS in Omaha, Virginia and TCU. Austin Davis for the Horn Frogs in a 3-2 game. Big insurance run right there. The West Virginia transfer makes it 4-2, then it's 4-3, and... Well, Virginia, a national seed, number seven overall, Ben Abelt. There it is with the tying run on. So the Horned Frogs are alive as they win it 4-3. to three. They will take on Oral Roberts tomorrow. That's an elimination game. The winner of that one will have to beat Florida twice in order to advance to the championship series. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.